0: and welcome back to The Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Hey, guys. Welcome back to The Dreamcast. In today's episode, I am interviewing somebody who is inspirational and impassioned. And what that means to me is that she is overflowing with passion. She has known from a young age that she is made for more and has focused on becoming more and really blossoming into who she's been created to be since that time. But that doesn't mean she's had an easy life. She's had several bouts of painful experiences that she's going to share with us today. And she's decided to turn that pain to purpose. And she does this by traveling all around the world, singing and speaking to Christian audiences. So Dreamcast listeners, let's give a big welcome to Tammy Trent. I'm happy to be with you. Yay. Thank you so much. And I know we um, have a well, a mutual friend. She is a friend of mine and a cousin of yours, Denise Belknap. And she's just such a, a light whenever I think of her. She's just full of joy. And she uh, she's been friends with me for quite a while. And when I told her about the Dreamcast, she thought of you immediately. And I've seen you on stage. I've heard your story. And I so agreed. You are just as joyful and full of light as she is. So thank you for being connected with us today. Absolutely. I think, um, I'm not
1: sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think that runs in the family.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: joy. Some people might call it crazy, but (laughs) (laughs)
0: extra passionate. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So you, you grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Is that right? Yes, I did. And I loved it, man.
1: I, I think I took for granted so much the beauty of Michigan itself, you know, like all the lakes and the dunes and, you know, the just the beauty of a great summer in, in Michigan the Grand Rapids, Holland, Grand Haven area. And I just had some friends that visited last week and they're like, we never want to leave. We've never seen anything like this. And I'm like, man, I think I just took it all for granted that, that it was that amazing.
0: Yeah, I know. We're really proud of ourselves in like July and August.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Not so much November through April 1st. Right.
0: (laughs) It actually snowed in April and we're all like, oh my gosh, my gosh.
1: I remember that. And it just, it was such long winters. When the snow came early and it stayed late, it just honestly felt awful I think everybody by February thought we've got to get out of here for a week and and I remember feeling that and of course now I don't live in that I've been living in Nashville for 19 years and I absolutely love it down here in Nashville and you know I've still got all my families in the Grand Rapids area in Chicago and in stuff but I I love visiting but I do not want to live in snow anymore so I have thoroughly enjoyed being here in Nashville
0: now how old were you when you made the move
1: uh, that was in '99. Uh, we, okay. my husband and I, at the time, we bought our first home. We'd been married for nine years at that time and moved to Nashville. Yeah, it was in '99. We built our first home, and it was so exciting for us. It was like, oh my gosh, we felt like we were just kids, you know, being handed keys to our first home together. Especially after nine years of marriage, it was like, it was like starting all over again, and it was exciting. You know, it was a time for me. I had signed a record deal a few years, a few years prior. And things just got heated up and we're going great. And I had new management, a new record label at the time, very big one, one of the biggest in the industry and and booking agents and all that. And and much more was required of me. So we decided, let's do it. I mean, if if there was ever a time to do it, now's the time. So we packed our bags, bought this home, built this home and, and moved in the end of 1999. And they were some of the greatest days ahead for me and some of the most heartbreaking days ahead for me.
0: Yeah. When, when did you know that you were wanted to pursue the music industry?
1: I was just a kid. I, I had dreams when I was a little girl seeing Amy Grant in concert for the first time when I was probably nine years old and sang my first little solo in a church in Grand Rapids someplace. And I sang a song called Father's Eyes by Amy Grant. And it just, Mm. I was just so hooked. I think early on, I think because I was so moved by Amy when I would see her in concert and mesmerized almost, and just thought, man, if I could touch the heart of a little girl like she touched my heart someday, how amazing would that be to like do something with my life, to impact somebody or inspire somebody or encourage them? You know, I mean, those were the thoughts of a little girl that I just had early on, and I, I loved making people laugh. I loved entertaining, so I thought, man, I could pull all of this into one, and you know, put me on a stage, and I'll be ready to go. And I just, you know, as I grew into high school days, I taught myself how to play the drums. I was very into sports and very involved in my youth group, and I think I just started writing songs around that time. And I just, I think that dream began as nine. And it just kind of chased me for, for many years until I ended up doing a demo tape and sent it to different friends in the music industry here in Nashville. And as a result, I ended up signing my first record deal in 1994. And uh, that really began one of the greatest journeys of my life, which here I am, you fast forward, you know, almost 25 years later, and I'm still traveling and singing and speaking and, and letting God use my life. And I still Love inspiring people and encouraging people, and and I think using the things that I've gone through, um, whether wise or foolish, <laughs> uh, and using that to sort of help somebody else maybe along life's journey.
0: Absolutely! Ooh, I love the seeds were planted at nine, but yet you continued to water them by mm-hmm. saying yes to your passion and learning learning all about music and being wow. active and and. Seeing it kind of chasing start to flourish after, for you. yeah, it's like chasing
1: after the things yeah. we love. So many of us have dreams and we kind of can sit back and just hope that it happens or hope the right connections take place. but i I have always been a girl that says, "Here's my dream. Tell me how how do I chase after this, and how do I work for it? I've worked, never bothered me, it never scared me. hard work never did. Um, you know, and I just I did everything I could whether it was getting in my car and driving across the country for two weeks straight I did this in my 20s and I saw Hundreds of radio stations and bookstores and whatever I just you know I'd go in to meet people and this was before they were even playing my music because I thought, you know Let me like you said plant the seeds now Let me put the groundwork in now because one day I might have an opportunity where a single comes across their desk and they go Hey, I remember this girl and it's exactly what happened in my life. And as a result of that trip, I ended up getting one of my second number one hits on Christian radio across the country because of those relationships.
0: Ooh, you know, it's, you said a couple things. Number one, you have, you said a new word that I'm going to start using and it's the word chase because I often think I'm fighting, you know, I'm Mm. like got my game face on and I'm working hard. But when you have a fight, you have a winner or a loser. When I'm chasing, it's more of that, hopeful, excited, still intense, still focused, but like going after it.
1: It's a hopeful expectation of what could be. And I would rather live in that place rather than the disappointments of what was in life, you know, and you're right. When you're fighting for something, there's a fighter, there's a, or there's a winner, there's a loser. And it's just like, it's exhausting when you're fighting. It's exhausting by the end of that fight. Even if you do win, you're exhausted. And sometimes you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I fought so hard. I made it and now I'm done. But when you're chasing after things, you're right. It's just like, what's to come around that mountain. I'm just going to keep going. And then all of a sudden the excitement, like I chased and I got it and here I am. And what's next, God, what do I do next? Where do I run next? And that's always been sort of that hopeful feeling I've had in my heart since Mm -hmm. I was a little girl. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the great anticipation, the great expectation of my life and what's next. And, and I'm never going to just settle. I'm never going to settle. I'm going to settle for more in my life. I I want more. I want to excel. I want, you know, I want increase in my life.
0: Mm. Yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, this is like my, I'm getting all excited right now. (laughs) Like (laughs) I totally agree. I think so many times we do, we, we see the dream, but because we don't quite know the how we don't chase, we just wait. But did you have a path to follow or did you just Start networking, building the relationships. Tell me a little bit about how you got started with your career.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I love how you say that. I was never a follower. I always wanted to be a leader. So I never had a path to follow. I had a path to pave. And so I I made my own way. I made my own path. And crazy enough, Denise, through through all of that chasing after something, making my own way. Doing it my own way and being innovative along the way to make things happen and to stir up the pot, so to speak. I ended up getting a record deal from that. Nobody got it for me. No manager went after it for me. No booking agent. I chased after it myself and I woke up, you know, one day thinking, unbelievable. I basically got and landed one of the biggest record deals anybody could ever ask for by myself. Like nobody did this, but me, I right. I did it. I mean, obviously I know being a girl of faith, I know God set up appointments all along the way. I know ultimately my destination was always planned out by the will of God in my life. And so I know that that was his will and his way. Um, but often sometimes, even when we talk about that in, in faith, we think, well, I'm just going to step back and let God do his thing. But I think God will always do his thing, but he also expects us to jump on in because along the way, when we jump in and get involved, we learn so much about ourselves, about our faith, about trusting God, about his provision, about um, even peace in the storms. We learn so much. So I believe that God expected me to jump in and chase after things. And he was going to walk with me all the way through it. So in other words, the will of God was always going to happen in my life if that was his will. But I'm also the girl that, you know, that worked really hard to get there. And I just, I did different demo tapes. I traveled the the Michigan area. I sang wherever I could. Wherever there was a door that opened up, I went through it. That demo tape was the thing that ultimately got me the record deal. When I got my first record deal, it was a smaller deal at the time. And so I had to work really hard. And that's when I started traveling the country and making myself known. And it wasn't until that time of working really hard that I ended up um, signing a second deal that ended up being a bigger situation. And that second deal, as I continue to work harder, ended up landing me the ultimate deal with EMI Records, Sparrow Records in 1999 for me. So I've been doing it a long time, had three different labels as I as I got to this place in my life, but ended up you know, with the, the biggest label in Christian music industry. So again, it was just, it was really hard work. It, it really was believing in myself, believing in the gifts that God gave me, um, knowing that I was individual, that I was very different than other artists, I'm—I've never been great with comparing myself to people because it's, it's just kind of an end. There's a there's a dead end to that game that we play, and we're never satisfied. And so for me, I just—I think I grasped early on in life that I was very unique and individual, and God has set me apart for a reason, and that became my quest of finding what that reason was and putting those pieces together, and knowing that music was a part of that somehow. So my life has been very fulfilling and very fulfilled um, in music. And it's been a huge part of my faith, always ultimately in the beginning, thinking that I would use this music and this gift to really help other people. But you turn that thing around, fast forward years later, and the music of my life has been the very music that has brought me some of the greatest healing in my life.
0: Now you mentioned when you went to Nashville in 1999 with your husband, you were on the brink of the biggest record deal. You had put in the effort, the work, you were proud of it. Because I, I like what you said, you you had a path to pave. And when you do that on your own, you're even more proud than if it was just handed to you. Yeah. Yes, and so it. you guys are like, so so excited about this next phase in your life. But then you also mentioned that it brought a ton of sorrow. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So
1: just kind of giving you a little backstory on the personal side. It's uh, I met this guy in my youth group when I was 15 years old at uh, first. uh, What was it? I guess at the time, I think it's called um, it was first assembly of God in Grand Rapids. So I met him when I was 15 years old. Um, I fell crazy in love with him. He was such a cool, awesome guy. I wasn't allowed to date him until I was 16. But when I turned 16, we started dating. And that I, I remember just this feeling of, oh, my gosh, I get to date this awesome, good looking guy. He could he could choose anybody he wanted in this youth group. And he's choosing me. I was so excited. And we started to date and dated for seven and a half amazing years. I'd gone off to Bible college, came back and just thought, man, I can't live without this guy. So I married him. And that really began one of the greatest adventures of my life, marrying my best friend and my soulmate. And he was a part of this music with me from the very beginning. And, um, when I signed my record deal, he ended up leaving his family business in Michigan and he came on the road with me full time in ministry. We began to travel the world together, and. He was by my side during the entire journey, such a cheerleader for me. And uh, this was probably 11 years now into marriage. I was on, I believe, my third album, and this was my first with Sparrow EMI. Had just um, released a single that went number one on Christian radio across the country. So everything felt great, you know, like all was well and all the pieces were coming together. You know, when you get in those seasons in your life where you almost feel like, it can't get any better than this. Yeah. You know, that feeling, and that's kind of where I was in that place. And then we got a call to go over to Jamaica on a mission trip. And it was really perfect timing because I thought, well, you know, I've got three albums out, 11 years of marriage. And I kind of just felt like what's next, you know, maybe this trip will be a good pivotal trip for us to discover together, like what's next and what does God have for us? And I think when we get in those places, it's just because we want to be fulfilled. We want to feel fulfilled. Like I'm, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And so many of us can struggle with where am I supposed to be? We also, in in the circles of faith, hear a lot about destiny. We hear a lot about God's will and plan for life. And some people, quite frankly, can be very confused about the calling that's on their life. And what is that? And what does it look like? And so many of us can search our whole life for it. And some of us feel like we're living in it. And I think I felt like, yeah, I, I know what I'm called to do, but but is it forever? Is music forever for me or is it something different? So I was just in that place of just saying, God, God what's next? Mm-hmm. And, and I want to go to Jamaica and just hear from you. And so we kind of cleared our schedule. We went to Jamaica. We had a beautiful week together on one side of the island. It was like a vacation for us. And then we had one day off to travel from one side to the other to begin this mission trip. And uh, we stopped off at this place called the Blue Lagoon. And he wanted to go uh, scuba diving. Now, his name is Trent. My stage name when I'm on the stage is Tammy Trent. When I signed my first record deal, I took his first name as my last name. So together, we were Tammy and Trent Lenderink. But on the platform, I was Tammy Trent. And I love that very much because he's and will be forever a part of everything that I do. Mm -hmm. So Trent and I were at the Blue Lagoon, and uh, we had lunch there. And um, he wanted to go free diving in this hole. That went down about 240 feet deep in the middle of this lagoon. So he suited up. We sat on the edge of the water. He said, baby, I'm going to be gone for 15 minutes. And when I get back, we'll go do something that you want to do. And I thought, man, that sounds great. That's perfect. I'll hang here. And that particular afternoon, Denise, he was free diving. That's when you go in the water without oxygen, without tanks, you hold your breath. Mm-hmm. And Trent could hold his breath up to about, about five minutes underwater. He was amazing at it. So, so smart. So good. Never did anything to take a risk. I was never afraid of Trent being in the water. So we stood there on the edge of the water uh, moments longer. Finishing our conversation, he finished putting on his mask and his, his, uh, underwater scooter right there next to him. And he slipped into the water and halfway between the dock and that hole, he lifted up his head out of the water and he went goodbye to me. Just like he'd done so many times before. Only that time it was different, because I had no idea that that would be the last time I would ever see him again. He sunk beneath the surface and he was gone. Okay. I sat there on the edge of the water for a while, finishing lunch, and fifteen minutes had gone by into thirty, into forty-five, and I realized, you know, I hadn't seen him. So I got up and I got close to the edge of the water and I started to look out into the lagoon, and I I didn't see anything, and I knew I'd have to see him at least every few moments, coming up for breath and. I still saw nothing. And I will never forget the feeling that I had at that moment. I felt very hopeless. I felt like my dreams were shattered. I felt like everything had shifted. Everything had changed. And uh, a boat came into the lagoon, went over that hole, back over the hole in the dock. And I was thinking, man, Trent, if you were in there and coming up and down for breath, I I hope you've heard the boat. So I went over to the guys in the boat and I asked them to take me out and search for my husband who was swimming and I couldn't find him. With each passing moment, I couldn't help the feeling of knowing that my life would never be the same again. Like everything had absolutely shifted and changed, and mm-hmm. I couldn't change it myself. There wasn't a prayer that I could say that could change this situation. And I remember feeling like I was so numb, I felt shocked. I just I just went into the back room of this restaurant all by myself, and I just curled up and I began to pray. And ask God to just show up, whatever that looked like. Could you just show up? I I truly felt hopeless and I felt numb and I felt in shock. And I just, I didn't know what to do being in a foreign country all by myself. So I called in a dive team that began to search. I tried to reach everybody at home and everyone was pretty much unreachable. And they searched for him for three or four hours into the dark. And they had to call the search off. And they said, we'll, we'll start again in the morning. And I went up to a home of two strangers. I'll never forget this doctor telling me to come into the room the next morning and look at the television. And I walked into that room, staring at the television the morning of September eleventh, two 2001, mm. as the second plane plowed into the Twin Towers in New York City. So as America was falling apart at that moment in New York City from that terrorist attack, my personal world was falling apart in Jamaica.
0: Wow! Also,
1: also, crying out, "Does anybody know where my husband is?"
0: Did they ever find him? They did.
1: Um, I got a couple calls. First, were that my family was grounded on planes, of course, all across the country, and the second call was that they had recovered him in the Blue Lagoon, and uh, he did not survive. Obviously, and something had struck him on the back of the head, and and he was knocked out and he fell into the arms of Jesus. I'm, I'm quite 100% sure at that moment, I fell to the ground, just, I lost it. I just, as he fell into the arms of Jesus, I, I just fell to the ground, just crying and weeping and asking God why and not understanding anything, of course, at that moment. And And I just, I felt numb. I felt numb. And I think that, however, began a journey of my life that I never foresaw Um, my dreams felt like they were shattered, that they were gone. And yet at the same time, Denise, um, I can't help the feeling of remembering that I felt like I'd practiced for that moment, my whole life as a girl of faith, you know, all of my thoughts kind of took me back to that, that place of either trusting God or not trusting God. You know, it's easy to walk with, with God, when things are going great in our lives, we get that promotion and we we get this thing and that, that that's happened and this is all working together and this, I can't believe life is so good right now. Oh God, you're so good. And then the moment the rug is pulled from underneath us and we get fired or there's a, a loss of a loved one or the death of a dream or fired from a job or a relationship that failed or divorce or finances or education, the moment that's pulled from underneath us, we instantly want to go to God and say, Why? why would you do this? Why would you allow this to happen? How could this be good for my life? Now I'm angry. Now I'm mad. Now you've disappointed me and, and I'm walking away from you and all you said you would be. And the truth is he never said that life would be a life free from pain. He never said that. The truth is we live in a really broken, fallen world and, and, and people have wills so they can choose to bring destruction in our life or they could choose to, to bring joy or happiness in our lives. Um, and 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 the the truth of god in his word he says look when when that stuff happens i'm a god who can restore i'm a god who can redeem i'm a god who can heal i'm a god who can fix some things i didn't cause certain things in your life life will break life will cause us to fall to our knees but god says but i can be the one to pick you back up again and so i kind of all those things were taught to me as a young girl and i had a choice to really kind of believe them or not and i'm telling you honestly Sometimes it's kind of hard to believe those things when you're in the worst place of your life. It's definitely not an easy thing to stand up and say, God, I still believe, or you're still so wonderful. It's really a hard thing to do Mm -hmm. because we want to be angry. We want to blame our hurt on somebody. You know, we want to blame the disappointments of life on somebody. And, And sometimes God is like the easy out. And I had to really process through some of that stuff. And I got to a place of coming home and I let the healing begin. And notice I said, I let, I allowed, Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes uh, it's really hard for us to allow healing to take place in our lives because we just want to be mad. We're comfortable in, in our pain. Sometimes we get to that place. I'm comfortable in the anger. It's all I know. It's all we think we'll ever have. But I thought to me, I want more God, I want healing. I want to live again. I want to walk through this. I don't know why all of this was allowed to happen in my life. I don't know, but I know that you love me. I know that you're God. And I know that you're a dream maker. So even though my plans change, God, I have to believe that your plans have not changed for my life. And that, Denise, has been my journey of healing the last 17 years of allowing God to put the broken pieces of my life back together again. And just because one dream for me may have fallen apart didn't mean that there weren't many, many other dreams that I could chase after now. Um, as God was healing my life. And that has been the choice that I have made with my life to chase after another dream and and a bigger life. Um, even though I can still feel punched in the gut sometimes from the disappointment of what I lost, I also look around at what I have. And I have quite a bit because of who God is in my life.
0: Wow. An amazing, amazing story. You can imagine being alone uh, in Jamaica by yourself, not only experiencing a traumatic situation in your own space, but knowing what was going on September 11th, 2001, and nobody could get to you. You couldn't fly out. I'm sure there was this true feeling of of abandonment and feeling stuck and unsure. Uh, how has this situation impacted your music, your songwriting? Did you use music as a part of the healing process?
1: Yeah, I think because music has always been such a big part of my life, God used that also to bring healing into my life so mm-hmm. um, whether I surrounded myself with some great healing worship music, praise music i mean that was that was a big part of. My journey back to life again. And then even my songs, you know, as I got brave enough to go back up onto a platform a year later, you know, I would sing songs like that. I wrote call, a song called my irreplaceable. And I was traveling with the women of faith and I'd be standing on these platforms with 20,000 women in these arenas. And I would just come off of sharing that story of, of tragedy and loss and love. And I would, I would, sing this track called My Irreplaceable. And it was a track that was fun. It was bouncy. It was danceable. And I would start to move a little bit and I'd start to dance a little bit. And it's, you know, the lyrics now had everything to do with my life at that exact moment. You know, it's a song I probably wrote prior, you know, maybe maybe a year or two prior. And here I was now singing the song in these arenas with these women. And, you know, the lyric just impacted me deeply. And it reminded me of who I was in, in Jesus and who he said I was. It was like, You're the hope that I have inside. You're the joy that has changed my life, the passion that fills my soul and a peace like I've never known, you know, it was like, it's, and it was truth. So I chose to allow this music just around my life because I knew it was music of truth, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was what was important to fill my spirit with truth because, because we're fighting it. You know, I want to say, you know, I don't feel peace, God, I don't feel you in my life and I'm angry but that wasn't the truth. I did feel him. And so these songs that I, I felt like I wrote to encourage other people were now ministering to me and they have been ever since, you know, and I've recorded uh, three albums since the loss of Trent. And I, I, you know, I brought in house, I started my own record label and I produced those three albums on my own label called September day records. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't be happier for the first time in my life. I own my own music. You know, I own my own masters. I'm recouping from these albums like I had never done before being on a record label. And I'm, although I'm grateful for those labels that gave me a start, I'm so grateful to own what I have worked so hard on now. And that's the other thing. God wants us to own things. We work really hard for things. We should own them. He wants us to have things. He wants to bring increase into our lives. So. Music has been a a massive source of healing in my life. And and now I get the chance to travel around the country, around the world, and take up these platforms and, and speak and sing these songs into the hearts of women that are sitting out there feeling desperate too. It's like, I know how you feel. Trust me, I know that you feel numb. But I also know that God is capable of bringing wholeness back into your life because he's done it in my life. And what a privilege for me to learn to give my pain purpose. And what a privilege for me to not just inspire somebody, but help them change their life.
0: Yeah, you can, you know, it's, it's, but when you were were young and, and traveling, you have the never settle, you want more, you've got a message and a calling and a, and, and even despite the tragedy, that's still all true too. And you can tell that, even in the midst of healing, your eyes were still on Jesus and you claimed victory, even if you didn't see it. Yeah. And and because you knew that there could be a message out of the tragedy, you now are spreading that message to women all over the place who are experiencing... They're Maybe they're in their own traumatic situation right now, but yet they see and experience hope because you didn't stay stuck in that grief. You moved through it and you allowed it to move through you.
1: Yeah, it's it's so true and it's you know it sometimes it'd be much easier just to shut your door and just say I'm done I don't want to I'm done living and so many of us choose that path and I just it just was never an option for me Denise there was just so much life around me you know yeah I had to work through some things and you know the fighting depression and fighting the darkness and fighting a lot of things early on but it would be sad to say 17 years later if I was still in that place that would be a very bad place for me to be so you've got to be very careful not to not to ever get stuck. You know, um, that's a, it's a strong word stuck, but to be able to get through something is a whole nother thing. It means you're not going to get stuck. You're going to get through it, not somehow, but triumphantly. You're right. Like claiming the victory in our life. And we've been equipped for victories in our lives. We we know the word of God. We know what it says. If we're walking with him. And if we know him, if we don't know him, then it's going to, it probably will be kind of tough to obtain victories in our lives. Sometimes we just We think we know who God is just because we have bits and pieces, but until you really know the voice of God in your life, and do you really know who he is and who he says he is, what he's capable of doing and why he even allows certain things to happen. And until you really have an understanding of those things that yes, even certain things are allowed to happen in our lives. If if he sees it, it will serve a greater purpose. Now, greater doesn't always mean, oh, it's going to be great for me to go through this loss of Trent and pain. But but God, because life happened and it happened, God says, "Look, I can redeem this. But this could serve a greater purpose in your life, Tammy. If you trust me, let's go through the healing. Let's process through all that. Let's not jump ahead. You're going to go through a lot of stuff. But wh- when we come to the other side of this, when your b- when your ashes are made into something beautiful, you will see how this can serve a greater purpose in your life, and you will become stronger, not weaker. You'll become stronger, and you will be able to comfort somebody." someday who's going through what you are going through now. And that was always my hope that someday I would be able to comfort somebody else.
0: Absolutely. In in the midst of the healing, you knew that, there would be another side. And I think a lot of times uh, we don't know or we don't feel like there would be, but it sounds like too, regardless of where you were at that moment, you knew that God was good and God would, would, would bless and there would be healing, there would be goodness, and you would be able to use your story for blessings. Now, it's been quite a while since then. And so I know you've been working, you had three other albums, you've written some books. What is your current project you're excited about? the current
1: project that, can I be honest with you? Totally honest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, cur- the current project that I'm working on is a trip to Italy. <laughs> Ooh, that is fun. <laughs> right? and that, I'm telling you, girl, that's a, that's such a project right now. It's, there's um, it's my, it was my 50th birthday, believe it or not um, in April. And so I always thought, man, you know what? In, in, in the year 50 for me, I want to go to Italy and I'm going to take my two best friends. But it's turned into a project of just trying to figure out when I can go and, you know, trying to to figure out all the flights and all that jazz. So that is the current project. My personal project on my list is getting to Italy and just enjoying that for a couple weeks with a couple of my best friends. But I'm just, you know, ministry wise, business wise, I'm just, I'm still pretty slammed on the road. Um, I do probably 99% of what I do is all women's conferences around the country, around the U.S. and then international. And I absolutely love it. I still love it. And um, I'm taking off on a cruise in July with Michael W. Smith to Alaska and a few other guests that'll be there. So that's a pretty awesome thing for me through all these years to actually get to do something that cool with Michael W. Smith is going to be awesome. So I just... You know, I'm not writing a book right now. I'm taking some time away from that stuff. I'm I'm I've gone back and forth about recording a new album and writing for that, but I just I just haven't felt a release to do that or a need to do that right now. So I'm I'm just so busy on the road and um and I love that. I love that place that I'm in and I can concentrate and put all my efforts into that speaking, a lot of more speaking engagements and and that itself takes time. When you talk about projects, it's like gosh, every time I get book to do speaking and I've got to do two or three different sets. It's like to sit down and prepare a message is like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it feels Mm -hmm. like I'm working on a whole record, you know? So Mm -hmm. God just has me in some different places and I love it. And I just, I have no stress as far as the pressure of feeling like I've got to produce the next biggest, greatest book or album. I just, I think because I've been in it long enough, I've just learned to not, not put myself in those places where I have extra stress or pressure in my life. Let it let those things happen. And when I feel like the time is right, then I'll chase after that. But right now I'm just, I'm in a great place of just being content with where God has me right now in this season.
0: Mm, I love that you're enjoying the journey and, and, and traveling and speaking and empowering and loving. And that's definitely a great place to be.
1: Yes. It's, it's important for us to also have rest. You know, we talk about chasing a lot. Well, if we're constantly chasing after things, we're also going to be exhausted, even though it's fulfilling and it's wonderful and we're expecting, we're always moving, moving, moving. And sometimes God also says, there's a season for you just to rest. Now you've chased and you've seen and you tasted, and now let's rest in this. So I can rejuvenate your spirit. I can refresh you so that we can be ready for the next go after thing. But, but there are definitely must seasons in our lives where we have to take a step back and rest in those seasons, you know, pour ourselves into local stuff, communities, our families, you know, we've got to take care of our families and we've got to take care of ourselves. Also, it's very important. So I feel like I'm, even though I'm busy, I'm in a season of rest where I don't feel like I have to chase after the next thing for my life
0: yeah yeah you're just you're allowing things to kind of settle and brew. Now, I have got one more question for you. Uh, it sounds like Amy Grant was a big inspiration for you when you were nine years old. She kind of helped flip that switch in you that said, "Oh my gosh, I can do this, and I would love you know I think half the battle is seeing somebody do what you want to do, and then you say, "Okay, I, I want to do that." And nine years old was a, a space where you kind of had that flip switched. Have you met her throughout your career? I have. I've actually
1: shared the stage with with her, and um, you know, it's it's funny because um, it, I still geek out when I'm around her. <laughs> like so this is mad. your idol. <laughs> it makes me so mad. I get so embarrassed because I get so nervous still and geek out. She's the only one. She's the only one that does this to me. But even I think it was last December. I went to um, a rehearsal, a venue here in Nashville, because uh, Anita, my assistant her husband is the music director for Michael W. Smith and has yes. been for like 25 years. So um, when Amy and Michael were on a Christmas tour, they have rehearsals here in Nashville at this really cool hall. So Anita says to me, Hey, do you want to go with me tomorrow? Amy and Michael are rehearsing for the Christmas tour, And of course they'll be there. And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we get in the car we go down there. Of course, Amy, they're out rehearsing and running around the whole band's there and all this stuff. And it's a cool atmosphere. Lunch is there and it's served and you know, we're chilling on some couches and we're watching and stuff. And then Amy comes over and she's like, "Hey, Tammy." And at first, I'm thinking inside, "She knows my name." (laughs) (laughs) And then she's talking to me, and and I'm trying to, you know, not look like I'm staring deep into her soul through her eyes. You know, it's like I'm so embarrassed, and I, I just like I know I must look, and I'm trying to be chill, and I'm trying to relax,
0: and just be like, "Oh, "Oh." no big deal." (laughs)
1: Exactly. And she walks away, and I look at you like, "Oh my gosh," and you know, I try to be silly and goofy about it. But, um, so, you know, so I still get those funny vibes and butterflies when I meet her. And, you know, we were, uh, I was in uh, January, I went to New York City with a niece. And so I'm at the airport in Nashville, and she comes walking up with a friend we're on the same flight. And again, I geek out. And I'm like, I was sitting there thinking I should get up and say hi, because she just waved to me. So I'm like, I, but I didn't want to, I just want to hide. But I got up and said hi. And I again, try to be cool. My I'm tripping over my words. And and then I'm in New York with my niece and no kidding, two days later, I'm walking the streets of New York city and there comes Amy with her group of girls. And I'm like, no way. And, we <laughs> walk and, walk. and again, I get the giggles and I said some stupid things and I walked away with my niece and I said, why did I say that? And she's like, I don't know. And we busted out laughing. And, and she's like Aunt Tammy, you just need to be, of course, she calls me Titi. She's, she's like, Aunt Titi, you need to be chill, chill. <laughs> <laughs> you just crack me up so yeah, I'm still acting kind of giddy around her but but she just impacted my life so deeply and I think still as a 50 year old woman, you know it still has it still impacts me today the influence that she and her music has had on my life and yeah, what a privilege to to share a platform with her from time to time and, and you know to feel like she knows my name is wow, it's cool. But, You know, I don't know that that'll ever change because of the impact she had on my life. I think I will always feel butterflies and and, uh, when I'm around her and, and probably act stupid.
0: Well, I love that. I mean, she really did impact you. And once you get to know people, you realize they're just like you. You know, she's just got that hardworking, vision-focused attitude. I'm sure as as you do. Um, But yeah, that impact makes such. And you know what? I bet Tammy that you have have made that same impact on a nine-year-old girl in your auditoriums, who's going to meet you someday and have butterflies and just know that your story is impacting her just as much as Amy's impacted you
1: oh, well I love that it, it sure does bless me when I when I meet these kinds of people on the road and you know they act nervous or they're sweating in their palms you know and I literally get the giggles because I do in those moments I kind of it takes me back to how I feel about Amy and I just think it's usually I work super hard in that moment to make them feel comfortable and make them see like like you said that I'm just like they are I just I'm just a girl that's on a platform singing there's no difference. We're the same, we're the same people. So, um, it, it is special though, to, to think that, yes, that, that I could and have the opportunity to impact somebody else's life. Um, like I said, it takes me back to that saying that I've that I've given my life, my music and my pain purpose.
0: Mm. Life, music and pain purpose. I love that that's beautiful. And and you absolutely have and it's because you have that vision for yourself and you've continued to say yes to the call that God has placed in your life and in the ups and downs life brings that call is is kind of continuing to you know to pull you along so you continue to say yes and create opportunities for yourself. So if somebody's interested in getting to know you a little bit more or coming to one of your concerts, because I know you're all over the place, where should they go to learn a bit more about you?
1: Honestly, my website is the best place to go for that. TammyTrent.com. T-A-M-M-Y-T-R-E-N-T.com. You can connect with me there. All of my events are there. All the tour schedule is there you know, the links to Instagram, links to Twitter links to Facebook. I'm all over social media and it's, it's fun. I think Instagram is probably one of my favorites because I just, I'm a girl living a real life, you know, and I love putting it out there and whether I'm eating something crazy or taking pictures of my avocado toast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As <laughs> we all do. <laughs> it's
1: like, if I see one more picture of an avocado toast, I'm going to scream. <laughs>
0: I I have been following your Instagram and it's very, very fun.
1: (laughs) You know, and I try to take some time away every once in a while, a good week away from stuff where I put something on the story that just makes me laugh. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to share this on the story. So I love it. So I'm very connected there, but go to the website. That's a great first stop. And then you can connect to me from there for all different reasons and find out where I'll be and if I'll be coming to your area.
0: Absolutely. If you guys have not yet heard Tammy Trent, absolutely go to her website. Check out if she's going to be in your area or hey, if you want to go to a cruise in um, Alaska with her and Michael W. Smith, that's always an option as well. And her story and music will just continue to bless you. And Tammy, I've been to your shows. I've heard your story live and I can tell you it touched me. Um, your music has as well. And I just so appreciate you spending time with us today to share a bit of your love and your wisdom and your passion with us, because I know we all are better because of it.
1: Uh, thank you, girls, so much. I I'm so appreciate taking the time with you today and for you making time for me too. I, I pray it does bless somebody.
0: Absolutely. Have an amazing afternoon, everyone. And remember to dream big you so much for listening today head over to denisewalsh.com enter your email to subscribe to our list and I'll be sending out an early bird special coupon 50% off in fact of the dream life workbook when it is launched in just a few months so if you want to have first dibs let's get your name on that list thanks again I so appreciate you and remember to dream big